traffic here. It's, it's, it's almost like I was driving out here yesterday on our way back from California. Tom was with me and I said, look at right now, Tom, look at this road in front of you. We got off of interstate 80 and we started heading North on pyramid. And I said, look at this road. I said, that is your number one byway to the busiest Valley as far as development goes and construction and everything. I know that South Reno and all of a lot of it's been built out, but out here, this infrastructure is so ass backwards. It is. It's, it's, it's every hundred feet. There's a stoplight. It's two lanes, North and South. And it's a Indianapolis 500 rat race to try to get to, you know, your, your, your spot in line in the traffic. And I'm like, Tom, think about this right now. You, when you start driving out here, watch all the construction, not just like single home dwellings. I'm talking like three, six, 900 apartment buildings going up right before our eyes. Okay. Well, people that can afford apartment drive, right? So that's going to bring more traffic to the infrastructure, more pressure on the entire area out here. Then you're, then what? Now you have to go deeper in commercial. You have to go deeper in um, restaurants and hospitals and, and schools and all that. It's, it's just evolution. It's part of it, but you can't persuade me that in the last decade to 15 years, when they've done all these remodels of the spaghetti bowl, they've done all this construction on 395 North and South and the 580 and going South to Carson city and all of that shit, right? If they started right now, it's at least a 10 to 12, 15 year project to, to shut down everything that's going on down here, right? All these people coming in and out, the influx of every day, the morning and the night. It's, but this was at two o'clock yesterday mm-hmm. and it was bumper to bumper traffic coming out into this valley. My point is, is the foresight or the forward thinking and the planning is like, what are you thinking? Are you just taking money from companies to develop up here, but you're not thinking about the big picture, the, the, the auto accidents, the stress on the environment, the stress on the community, overcrowding, the, the, you know what comes with that. You mm-hmm. know what comes with too many people being in the same area of, you know, the crime goes oh, way up. Yeah, all, just of the it, crime. You know, all of it starts to happen. I'm like, look at what we're encountering, Tom. Like, this is in five years, you're not going to be able to move out here. You're not, not, I'm not talking physically, I'm talking about you're going to be shoulder to shoulder with people. Now, look, I'm not sitting here going, oh, it's, it's our land and it's my, it's all, it's, you got to do what I say. I'm saying that as a city planner, what is going on? Like, have you, it's, it's so incredibly dangerous out here. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah. Well, that's it. Well, you know, it's one 30 when I leave my place to come out here and it's the same, you know, at two o'clock, it's already bumper to bumper. And then, you know, once you come up and over the hill into the va- there's no public transportation out here. So like you said earlier, you're going to put 900, 600, you know, 300, you know, apartment buildings out here. You have to drive to come out here. There's no city, you know, city transit that comes out to Spanish Springs. Zero. So now it's, yeah. They, and when you think about how do they, how would they even do construction on Pyramid Highway, given as busy as it is? Now you're closing down lanes to try and widen, which it's funny because they widened part of it, which actually I think made it worse because you got, when you just used to have a two lane road coming out here, you weren't jockeying, like you said, for position. Now they've added that, that third lane that only goes to a certain point and you got all the people trying to beat the traffic by going in the far right lane and then hauling ass up to the front and trying to get over and you created a traffic jam right there. That just goes into another traffic jam. That's what's so funny about the people that are over there trying to get ahead by five cars just to sit in the same traffic that we're all sitting in. But it's always been a problem. I don't know why there's no never any money put into it, but they're going to have to now. Like you said, they got uh, so much single family, all those apartments. They just put another grocery store out here. I believe there's a hospital plan for out here. There's definitely another they just school. Put a, they just put a little emergency, emergency room right here. Thing, but I think there's a regular hospital due to come in out here, like a Northern Nevada Medical or something. But then all the commercial that's passed here, I mean, dude, there's huge warehouses out there now. Yeah, and, it's, have, and, and that's the thing is that 
not only is it occupants of these dwellings out here, it's big rigs coming out to mm-hmm. to drop off and deliver. Now, look, this isn't an infrastructure for big rigs here. No. You got a big rig that's going on this on this highway, this two lane highway that's going, you know, the, the, the speed limit's 55 miles an hour. Well, people are going 70, 75. Then that big rig's in the way. What are they doing to try to get past that now? Yep. It just and, and then you think about the oncoming traffic on both sides of this north and south bound freeway. There's literally like no room to breathe. When you moved out here, it was so small. Again, I'm not ignorant. I know it's going to happen. But you would have thought that when the negotiations were going on and the discussions were going on and the pre-planning was going on for this byway from out here to the Spaghetti Bowl or to I-80 and 395 North and South or the 580, whatever you want to call it, that we would have built it with the foresight of like, dude, that valley is going to get crushed in the next two decades. And as soon as the recession was over and as soon as, you know, at, in 2007 and 8, 2008 and 9, all this property that's being built on, all this stuff that you're seeing, all these homes mm-hmm. and this hospital and this Winco and these apartment buildings going on, that was all sold in 2006 and 7 by the Opio family to Ryan and Bartis. R&B was going to build houses way back then. So they knew that this was getting ready to happen. Oh, yeah. They knew that this was going to be the next hotspot out here where people were going to be able to come out here and and live and 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 you know experience life i get that but dude it is i if my daughter was 16 right now i would not let her have a driver's license to drive out i wouldn't let her drive out here no i i would tend to agree with you and i you know my my poor brother down in las vegas you know it's a hundred times worse there and his kids are all starting to turn 16 and i think the same thing and holy cow man it would definitely be that would give me a lot of worry to have a kid turn 16 and have to drive in this. I mean, and then, you know, on top of that, like we were talking about is they didn't plow the roads after this last snowstorm. So you got a bunch of ice and snow and whether you know how to drive in it or don't know how to drive in it, just things happen. And when you get all those cars and traffic and you're, you're going over the speed limit, like they're all doing. Yeah. It's dangerous. Scary. Not just scary, but ignorant ignorant that it's like none of these people's fault they come out here they're like that's where i live too you can't deny that this isn't my land i'm just city planning i'm just simply saying that the 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 it seems like every time we get on here i know that we're breaking it down and and you know people are like reno's such a lovely place reno's not a lovely place anymore and it starts with this kind of i mean this isn't just reno this is washer county or city of sparks but you know the whole surrounding area what is good about it you tell me what is good about this area right now being a local being a multi-generational person living in this valley, in this part of the country. What is good about this, except, you know, some of the things that we like to do in the outdoors, you can get there. But I'm talking about when you actually have to work, drive in this city, go out in this city. Or do you feel safe downtown? No. What is good about it? Hey, I'm like you, man. I, I see, I don't see Reno being in my 10-year plan. I mean, I don't. I just don't. I'm sick of it. And and it might be as easy as moving to Carson City, you know, something smaller and, you know, easier to to navigate, so to speak. But, yeah, Reno's changed so much that, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not fun anymore. Even just, you know, when we went to Chico last weekend, you know, it's those little small towns are just, I guess they call to you more when you, maybe maybe it's when you get older or maybe it's when you get tired of this, but. You know, we're we're relatively lucky that we didn't grow up in a place like L.A. or San Francisco or something like that. But Reno's quickly catching up to those big cities, but without any of the cool factors that those big cities have. You know, you could you could stomach San Francisco, you know, knowing that you could go to a Giants game or a 49ers right. game or, you know, a Golden State game and in the in the, you know, the North Beach district or Chinatown or whatever, you know, all the the cool stuff that has, we don't have any of that stuff. You know, we don't, like you said, if you love to ski, snowboard, snowmobile, you got a, you got three or four months here that are probably as good as it gets, but I don't do that stuff anymore. You don't do it at all. And did you ever do it enough to like, I guess that, that that's great. But I was talking to Tom yesterday. He's like, dude, you can't even move up on the that, mountain. Well, the traffic to get to any of these resorts and shit. But, and it's $180 to go yeah. skiing now. When I was a kid, it was like 40 bucks. You know, it's $300 for a season pass. 180 bucks to go skiing for the day? 
I mean, that's wild. Um, what, so g- give me something that like, is there anything good within the inner part of the city anymore? Well, good, good compared to other places. Sure. I mean, you know, this isn't LA or anything like that, but it's hard to find what we used to love about Reno so much anymore. You know, it's not clean anymore. There's definitely crazy traffic. Well, you know, Reno sold its soul to the big warehouses and the, you know, the second industrial revolution, man. It's a, everywhere you look's another warehouse or another tilt up or one being built or some, you know, industrial parkway. And that's, that stuff's not pretty. That stuff's not cool. You know, you go to Detroit, look at what the automobile industry did to that place. I mean, bunch of empty big shell buildings that nobody wants anymore because they're only good for one or two things. They don't, I mean, they create low end jobs that people hate, you know, and that's that, that produces your 900 unit apartment buildings because working a warehouse floor, pretty hard to buy a house. And then with the laws of low income housing, they got to be able to put them, you know, in certain areas, no matter what the income level is in that area, they put them in there and that drives people freaking nuts because they're like, well, what are you talking about? Like there can't be parts of this community that, that if you can afford more, you can have more. Oh, they'll be, they'll keep some of those. Oh, they're coming out here already. They're not putting one in Colin Ranch. They're coming out here already. Oh, I know they're coming out here, but I'm saying they're not going to put those in Montro or Colin Ranch or Arrow But Creek. I wonder why not. Of course, because those guys have big money to pay against them. Uh, what's his name's in the paper right now? Steph Curry was, you know, all about. I saw about, that about the $30 million mansion he lives in. and Yeah, they want to put low-income housing next to it. Yeah, and he's saying no. Even yeah. though he's a Biden supporter and he's for the people, it's just the same thing as the 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 immigrants go, that crossing the border getting put in these different parts of the country. That yeah. that you have to sit back and go, wait a minute, why are you upset about it all of a sudden? When they made it to Martha's Vineyard, they kicked him out real quick, had the National Guard there in the whole nine yards. Yeah. But El Paso, Texas, they don't do a thing about it. Uh, they don't do anything about it. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's just like when I was driving out here yesterday, I'm like, dude, this is rush hour traffic. This is a sign that I, you don't come out here at five. If you came out here at five and saw what it's like out here. You'd be mind blown. It's if you try to go Vista, if you try to go Sparks Boulevard, if you try to go um, Pyramid North, if you're coming from West McCarran and you're coming down from like UNR to you know Pyramid when you're headed east on McCarran and you're going to take a left and head north on Pyramid, oh dude, you'll be backed up from the Pyramid intersection all the way back past Rock Boulevard up towards Sutro. Yep. Oh, and I go when I leave here. If I don't go to dinner at my parents' house and I try to drive all the way home, that part of McCarran's and and it's directly related to this right that part of north mccarran is so backed up and it's people who are trying to come back out here or trying to you know come in from out of here because it's not properly whatever you know uh it's not properly built or expanded on in the last decade or more so they're all backed up there too it's it's a nightmare yeah it's just like man why does it have to be backwards like if you and I'm, you know, and I, I'm not a know-it-all on development, but it seems to me that Vegas has, you know, 1.5 million people, or whatever it is, 1.3 million people. I think they were ready with their infrastructure. I think they built an unbelievable infrastructure down there. Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to have rush hour traffic because right. you are in Vegas with that many people. Sure. But dude, the inner streets and the in the and how it's all broken down into that grid, it just seemed like it was. It seemed like they were ready for it. It truly did. Oh, they. Does your brother ever talk about that at all? He, you know, he's like you said, he, he would argue that Reno, he would tell you Reno has worse traffic than Vegas. And it's got a third of the population, third of the population, but it was laid out correctly. You know, Reno Vegas was Vegas was yeah. Reno Reno's always whoever designed the early. Well, look at McCarran that goes all the way around what used to be the outskirts of Reno has now. I mean, that's a dead it's still a thoroughfare, but it's not even scratching what all of Reno is anymore. Oh no, it's not even not even prepared. So for it. super outdated, too small, and they just keep trying to add to that thing. Or you know, they did that little Southwest connector. There's hardly ever anybody on it because that's not a. It's great for the few of us that use it. I, I mean, I use it when I come out here from time to time, but it's not like a major deal. There's not there's not hundreds and thousands of cars on it every day. It's it, it was that was a waste of 
time and money, in my opinion. You know, how do you not expand McCarran in that area, North McCarran? How do you not expand Pyramid Highway? There's other places around town too, but you know, the the ones that are directly affected by all this huge growth. And when you look at the Southwest Connector, they're not going to build anymore in those swamps and stuff. No, you know, that that's done. Yeah. So all it did was take South Reno, which already has South, you know, the the 580, the the major vein to that whole. Nobody's taken the Southwest Connector over that. No. So unless you found yourself on Vista or Sparks Boulevard, then you then you take the connector. But like, how many people are going from Mira Loma to the connect? You know, to South Reno? None. None. There's no there's no industry over there. There's no you don't do that. You know what I mean? So. They spent all that money and did all that and, and built a highway that nobody drives on. I literally, you could get on that thing and do 75 miles an hour and never see another car. You're going south on the 580, you mean? Or the veterans? Either way. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's... No, I'm, I'm sorry, on the connector. Oh, on the connector, the connector. Yeah. You can go, there's no one ever on that street. You're talking about the big 580 over to Washoe Valley. Yeah, yeah. And I'm talking, never. that feeds southern, you know, southern, uh, the southern part of Reno. Nobody uses it. Right. But instead of doing it here where it would have counted. Right. Um, and this valley is only so big. This valley is, you go to Denver, you go to Boise. I'm talking about other mountainous valleys where yeah, they yeah. go down into the, the valley and just build it all out. Washoe County, this Truckee Meadows Valley is not that big. No. It's truly not. So what does that take? That takes going over the mountains into different areas. And, mm-hmm. you know, first it was Fernley. They thought that was going to be the big ticket, which that didn't last long, right? Nope. The explosion in Fernley. Um, the North Valleys were going to be like Cold Spring instead. There was only so much out there. But that died out pretty quick as far as um, people mo- moving out to that part of the city. Everybody, it seems like, is moving to this northern part out here in this valley they call Spanish Springs. And it's so outdated. But the, the main thing that I wanted to bring up is the danger of it. It's just so dangerous. Yeah, It's so dangerous out here. And I don't know if people are really paying attention to what's happening besides the fact like, well, it's just five o'clock traffic. I just got to get home, dude. You get off work at five. You're getting home at six fifteen. Oh yeah. You you have an hour and a half drive out to this valley. Well, and I depending know, on how far south you 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 live or you work. I mean, I uh, I quit taking. You know the the there was that there's that Sunset Springs intersection. They just put a light into it. I quit taking it though a year and a half ago. Because you couldn't get out. You if you were getting out and across it at any kind of you know busy time, it, it was dangerous. Like you said, cars are hauling ass. You can't see very well when it's nighttime, you know. And it's like dude, I just quit going that way. And they finally put a light in there so you can go that way again. But it's yeah, this this highway and the way that cars come out onto it is super dangerous. Oh my gosh! All dude. that Dolores and all those other intersections up further south or down further south from us. There's, there's no sh- controls. There's wrecks out here every day. Every day. And then when you're going north and it turns into that one lane, oh, I'm like, insane. how backwards is that? Remember, you're you're going to build all these houses out there. You're going to build uh, distribution centers, houses, wholesale, I mean, uh, warehousing, not just distribution centers, but like manufacturing huge, is going yeah. on out here now. Then you got all the houses on both sides, the east and west side of the highway. It, it bottlenecks down into a one lane and they're like, Do you, it turns into the Indianapolis 500 right here to get in front of people mm-hmm. to get on that one lane. When there's a stoplight up there a half a mile. I know. It's like, man, what were you guys thinking to let this explosion occur without thinking forward about the the traffic and the danger that's coming with it? Wait till the development that's, uh, the you know, the highway that cuts over to the other North Valleys, like you said, through Sun Valley and all that. They're building like 1,500 homes on top of that mountain up there. Oh, I know. And they're, none of those are going to Sun Valley to, Clear to, Acre, to, no. to get into the city. Oh, dude, that hill, coming to Pyramid Highway. That hill already coming down that people try to come through Clear Acre and Sun Valley to get down to Pyramid? Yeah. You ought to see that traffic at 4.30 to 6.30. Wait till there's 1,500 houses up there. Oh, you won't even be able to, you won't, as a, you won't be able to use that throughway right. there. And they didn't expand it one bit. Not one bit. They Which didn't expand nuts. the road one bit. And, and they said, I, I read a thing the other day that the, the average, this area, the average car, uh, you know, it's it. They're all two car to three car households, so every development adds another thirty five to forty five hundred cars on the road, and we still have two lane roads that feed them, and drop down to two lane roads. You know, I'm talking one lane going one way and one lane going the other, not two on each side. And at best, they're two lane roads. You know, they're four lane roads, two two lanes on each side at best, and every subdivision is going to have another forty five hundred cars coming into this area. It's 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 going to get bad bad. 
Oh, so bad. Well, and you, I feel bad. It's off topic, but on topic. You know, people bought those, and, and you said it, you can't stop the development, but, you know, those people bought those properties out there, you know, two and a half, five acres, 10 acres, because they wanted some peace and quiet. And horses and freaking and horse, farmland. And, and, and that's now, what they were promised. Right. And now you got tracks of houses. Every single place that didn't get bought or whatever is a track of houses now. And yeah. that's wrong, right? You 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 went into that development thinking, at worst, I'm going to have a guy with another two and a half or five acre parcel next to me. Now I've got, I got, now I got 15 homes on that same two and a half acre parcel and they bought the next one and the next one and the next one and they're all cramped. Now they just subdivided all of it. And I live in the city just like I didn't want to do in the first didn't place. Didn't want to do. Right. With no police stations out here, substations. Not one. There's firehouses. You know, there's two Sparks cops that are on duty at night. And I know this probably falls under Washoe County, but there probably aren't too many more sheriffs patrolling this area. Wait a minute, Sparks Boulevard, this area's got two at night? Sparks, all of Sparks. No. Yes. Can you imagine? Dude, it's nuts. What is wrong with our world? They, like you said, man, they take all this money and all this stuff for for development and houses and all that, and they don't do any of the planning. Have you seen Sparks? Has Sparks Police Department changed in the time you've lived in Reno or Reno Sparks? Not it's at not all. It's not changed one bit. Not at all. The Washoe County Jail is the same jail that was there 25 years ago. Only the population has tripled. So what do they do? They don't put people in jail anymore. They turn them free because they got nowhere to put them. There's nowhere to put them. Right. So you, now we live in another unsafe place. I literally, when I was on the freeway here, there's a guy walking down the freeway. I know. I saw a, it yesterday. A homeless dude. I, I saw a guy yesterday doing the same exact thing. No one, there, no cops going to drive by him and and stop him and you know get him off the freeway. He's either going to get hit by a car, or he's going to make it to where he was going, or cause an accident, or cause an accident. Yeah, people looky looing or you know whatever. You're not supposed to see a human being walking on the freeway. It throws you off. I don't care who you are. Right. Yeah. It's. Like but to get to this area, you have to come down streets. Okay, this is a, a major area right now. This is hundreds of thousands of people moving into this part of the country, right? This is, Reno's probably got a half a million now. This area out here has got 100,000 deep in this valley. Yep. With, without, a, without a roadway to go that does, it is stuffed with stoplights. It's stuffed with uh, businesses on both sides to where you'll be going down Pyramid and a right blinker will come on and you'll go from 50 to stop. Yep to take a, a slow right turn into a shopping center. Like, that's not how it's supposed to be. No. You can't come off of a major thoroughway and say there's a Wells Fargo there and stop people in their tracks behind you because this car's got to turn in there to hit the ATM. And, and you got no way to turn, no no way to get out of traffic. No, you can't get you can't put right. your left blinker on and scoot over because they're slammed in there, racing to not get stuck in something like this. Yep. It's it's ridiculous, dude. And, it's, and, and here's the thing is that, I'm I'm like cranky about it and I'm bitter about it and it stresses me out because you care about your well-being and the safety of what you're doing. But again, I travel so much and I've seen it done right in so many areas that it just blows my mind how far off we are. Mm-hmm. How far off we are of just like we've ruined ruined it. Like there's there is no way that this valley is going to become safer in the next decade. There's just there it, it would take way too long to do it. It's going to get way worse. It's way the, worse. It's the same as the spaghetti bowl, right? They Every ever ten or fifteen years, they remodel the the spaghetti bowl, and about the time they get it done is about the time they need to redo it again. And you think of all the stuff they just did to it, that stuff will be antiquated and overrun by the and and they'll be planning to redo it again. And it's stupid. It's a waste of money. Like when you get on Wells headed eastbound on I eighty. Yeah, that's the most dangerous shit. When you're coming, when you're going eastbound on I eighty, and you're coming from the west. And that traffic there to get on the spaghetti bowl and people coming out of that that are getting on wells that want to go east. Yeah. And they're they're jolting over. Then you got people that are trying to jolt over to get in that long lane of traffic to get on the spaghetti bowl. It's like asinine. You know, you know what's catching up? Right in front of the nugget as being almost oh, as dangerous God. as that. I spot. almost got in a wreck there yesterday, Tom. Yeah. Trying to get over to get on Pyramid. Yep. Because of all the people getting on off a of rock or headed eastbound, getting on the off on ramp on rock. Could not get on. And they're all ripping up the, the slow lane, the right-hand lane, trying to beat the, and get in front of the traffic, and then you're trying to get over to get off on Pyramid, and they're rear-ending people or cutting people off. It And it bottlenecks there so bad, oh it's unbelievable. God. That's what I, I've been trying to think of new ways to 
I mean, there's only so many ways you can get out here. But is it better to take Sparks Boulevard? Because Pyramid's, Pyramid's pretty screwed right now. And, and they, had a, they had some kind of minor construction on it the other day, and it was terrible. Like, terrible. So either Sparks or going all the way to Vista. And, but those are all just, everybody figures that out, right? You, gotta, you think you're, well, it takes me a couple minutes longer, but I'll go to Vista because there's no traffic. Everybody's going to do that. So everybody's going out Vista now. Everybody. Yeah. And it's, I'm not trying to repeat what you're saying. I'm talking like, I see it. Like I, it is ridiculous for somebody to live in like this Red Hawk development that starts off a Vista by the golf course, you know, and comes through this little 20 mile an hour area. Dude, the traffic in there now, oh. these people have kids and crosswalks and pets and jogging lanes and bicycle lanes. It was supposed to be this nice little community within itself. Dude, people are so fed up with coming pyramid and Sparks Boulevard now because of the amount of traffic on it that they're cutting through Red Hawk and just cluttering that all up. You know how dangerous that is when you get people in a hurry? They're not going 25 miles an hour. Here's what I love, too, is we used to have that beautiful bowl right there with that big old antelope and all those does were and stuff. The best we could figure out for that was more apartments and a a mini warehouse, mini mini storage. How much? I was just going to say that. The other part of planning and being money hungry and greed. What a freaking eyesore. What an eyesore. Instead of, if you're going to build there, you couldn't hold off for the right luxurious condominium right. or the right housing to put some really nice country. Some gonna, toll brother houses, something. Yeah. yeah. Some mass produced track homes and then a mini storage. And then this mini storage and car wash right here. I'm like, we couldn't have done better. Right. That used to be a little league field where families would spend. There'd be grass there and all this. They tear all that out to put a mini storage. Mini storage. The We're, biggest eyesore in the freaking world. Yeah, that couldn't have been, like you said, a You know cool why that park? mini storage is there? Because people like Lepre or these guys that have the money to invest and do pre-commercial development knew what was getting ready to hit out oh, yeah. here. So they say, well, they're going to need a place to put their stuff. Yep. Let's just put it wherever we want it. It's an eyesore. It's ugly as shit. It really is. It's so ugly. It would have been better, you know, it, it, it would have been better as a badass Maverick gas station with a, you know, a fuel line and a, and a you know, whatever. Yeah. Some uh, mini warehouse, I, I just don't get that. Mini storage, mini warehouses are ugly, unmanned. They bring no jobs to the, that's the other thing. That's what I argue about what, what we sold our soul to here is all these businesses that bring no, there's no jobs to them. There's two people that work at a mini storage place. Yeah, and a car wash is none. And a car Except wash is none, they're all automated. Right, so no job, no jobs created, eyesore on a corner. Yeah. Great. So, it, yeah, I'm the same. I feel the same way. And look how beautiful Red Hawk, Red Hawk did have a cool shopping center with the Rayleigh's and, you know, all the nice stuff that you want to see in your neighborhood. And now they got apartments and uh, mini storage. Yeah. Awesome. In a, in a cool valley that overlooked that wetlands that no one's going to build in over there. No. And what we came up with was mini warehouse and apartments. It's storage. Yeah. Like yeah. A, a big tin steel building. Yeah. That's hundreds just an of, eyesore. Hundreds of steel doors facing the thing. I, I think the same thing about that UNR Ag field and the fact that not only did they take out a badass big, you know, ranch, it was the universities, but still beautiful, beautiful green Wild pastures, life. ducks and geese in it, deer, and they, they put a warehouse and they faced the dock doors to McCarran. Yeah. So when you drive by, you see all the loading dock. You couldn't put that on the backside yeah. to where at least you would see a clean building with just the front doors where people entered and stuff. No, we get to see the loading docks. How stupid is that? Ugly as hell. Yeah. Backed up against that mountain with that entire backdrop. Yeah. It used to be so pretty. And you're just like, who in the hell is in charge of this stuff? Yeah. Think about those people in Hidden Valley. That was a nice affluent neighborhood. And people, same thing, had big properties, you know, that, that I mean, now they stare at a warehouse, dude. And, and then they got a, a, a highway on the other side of them and a warehouse on the other side of them. Pretty soon they'll have the housing tracks that go in for all those things. And then, and then their neighborhood will be place they don't want to live anymore. Don't want to be there. Yeah. Sucks. I know it sucks to hear that. And you don't want to be negative around your kids, but man, you just don't like it here anymore. I just don't enjoy it. I don't either. When I'm back here, I'm not like, man, I'm going to call the guys and get, when I went to that lunch with you guys the other day, I was so ass backwards on Reno. Cause I'm never here. I was at, um, Greg and Stanford, I thought it would take 10 minutes to get to that Pinocchio's by going 
McCarran down to Virginia, left on Virginia, and they're right there. Yeah. 25 minutes. Oh, yeah. I was the latest one there. Everybody's like, don't be late. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in t- I'm going to be in the area anyway. I was so ignorant to this area now yep. that I don't know my, you know, I'm third generation here. I don't even know it anymore. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a 10-minute ride. No problem. Dude, it was ignorant as hell. It's so bad now when I go that way. I go around behind the mall, which you never used to do that oh, because you, you didn't stay. have to. But you, you have to get away. There's so much traffic there, too, now. You know, where all the mall and then uh, all that's all the, that commercial there and then Mc, or uh, not McCarran and uh, Virginia going out. It's so bad. If I'm coming from the way you came, I go around behind the mall. That, over. that intersection is that light was 10 minutes. It seemed like because it's a single turn lane. So you have four lanes of travel going, you know, east and west. And you have one single turn lane trying to get onto Virginia Street. That two or three cars get through it, and then it's blocked off, and then no one's there. Then the cars move for a while. The turn lane backs all the way up. Four cars get to go through it. It's so lame. It's 100% right. You're just like, you come, uh, you try to, uh, the other shortcut that people are taking is they're coming around McCarran now, and they're trying to go Bering Boulevard from McCarran to Sparks Boulevard there, you know, oh, yeah. before Reed High School. Dude, you ought to see that. You ought to see the traffic that comes northbound on sparks boulevard from you know i-80 yeah gets to that intersection of Barron, right bearing right there you know shadow mountain oh, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. stretch dude it is so dangerous and people running that red light and then by the time it's the turning lanes time there's so many people that were impatient that got that you know it turned yellow and they still try to scoot in there hoping that the people in front of them would inch up a little bit that nobody gets to turn yeah. so then it's the same exact for the next go around of the turning lane you're still stuck there and it's just like, it, you can't get past it. I, you can't make this stuff up. And it is literally like the worst I've ever seen being anywhere. I'd like to know if there, if anybody's looking at it or I don't even, like you said, I, I'm not an ace on planning or anything like that, but who, who sits on those commissions? Are their heads in the clouds and they're just not seeing all this going on or they only stay in their neighborhood or what? But Something, something, something has to be done about it, and I know that it's not being done about it. I can tell. I mean, it's been this way for some reason. Reno is so backwards, like you said. It's not like a Vegas that has all their streets. You know, all their perpendicular streets are going a certain way, and they keep it that way. And all their other ones are going the other way, and they keep it that way. And you've got this huge grid that you know is very easy to navigate. Yeah, there's going to be rush hour traffic. They have triple or quadruple the population without their tourism down in Vegas. You know, then then you throw Vegas's tourism into it and they're they're ten times the size of Reno. There, there's more taxi cabs and Ubers down there than there are people up here. That's probably true. I know. But, I mean it's it's the infrastructure down there was just done right. For yeah. some reason, they got it right back in the day. Yeah. I mean I'm talking we as early not. as the early the mid nineties when I was in college down there, when the MGM went up, they were already prepared for all that traffic on the south end of the strip. They had the grid going both ways. You could get in and out of there on Flamingo and Tropicana and all those streets going, you know, that going east and west. And then it just seems like they got it right. The way that they've built their highways down there. Reno is just like the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. It doesn't and it doesn't have any protection. Now, look, I don't know about this, though. You I don't know if you know about this or what your brother says, but what's the, the homeless situation on the strip? Is it bad? Or do they keep them out of there? I know that there are people down there handing out the little yeah, yeah, yeah. cards and stuff, but is it like you would think that uh, an operation where that many people are walking all the time is where somebody would set up camp to to try to get money, right? Yeah, yeah. They to, don't let them. They don't let them down on the strip, but they live in all the drainage tunnels around. I'm not saying they're not down there, but they don't live down there. Because they, don't they don't live down because there. they don't let them. But the, the I think the key difference is those properties down there can get them off. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, in, in, in Reno and Sparks, they, they basically have a, a law or whatever that says, if, if we don't have an open bed in a shelter, you cannot remove somebody from a public ground. So what, what that means basically is that we have a thousand beds in our homeless shelter. If they're taken, they no longer enforce the rule of, kicking people off the sidewalks or park benches or any of that stuff. The thing is, is who's checking that and how reliable is the information? Yeah. Who's going to go check the numbers and count them against. Exactly. So basically they did away with that thing. Now, private property is a different story. So all the Vegas casinos, 
they basically send their security out there and go, hey, no one don't. So would you be able to find one of those like, you know, little seat, you know, places where people don't really want to be in the strip? Probably. But as far as being like in front of the Bellagio or any of that stuff, there's none because they 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 won't let them be there. They're down there panhandling, but they don't get to, you know, like they do here where they set up camp and they'll stay there for weeks. They don't, I don't think they do that down in Vegas, but they live in the drainage tunnels. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. That's nuts. And then when it rains in Vegas, dude, you know, it fly, you know better than any flash floods in like seconds down in Vegas, dude. Yep. And all those people are living in the drainage things. Not a good nuts. place to be. No. But I mean, as far as being next to the worst state politically in the country in California, a lot of it's rubbed off on us here. 100%. Well, they're all, everybody's coming over here. Yeah. But why they, would they want to go somewhere like Austin? or Boise, or Reno, or Vegas, and then vote the same way they've been voting for years that put them in that position. Like, I don't want to get into a big political hailstorm, but, man, something has got to give to where our infrastructure improves around here. Because, like, I, like, this is a nice pad right here, right? Right. This is cool. I like it out here. But you got to get here. Right. And then for me to be like, oh, yeah, I'll go meet you for lunch in town. Dude, you it takes an act it. of God. Well, you, it just, you don't want to do it, right? You, that's what I was going to say earlier is, you get to the point where you really don't want to leave your house, right? It's like once you get there, you know, if you if you got home at five o'clock, I'm just saying, and your buddy called you and said, dude, let's go, uh, let's go grab a beer. You're gonna jump back in your truck and drive through all the traffic and all that. You're gonna say no. No. Yeah, and that's yeah. and the other side of it is nobody wants to come out here and hang with me. Yeah. Who would want to come all the way out here and fight all that? That's true. Yeah. Lame. But and you're gonna start to and you experience a little bit of it, but pretty soon you'll be surrounded by houses and apartments and all this bs oh, yeah, and you're not gonna happening. like it out here anymore sorry i don't already like it yeah i would have already been gone if it wasn't for Alyssa, you know being attached right i like this pad it's nice but i'd much rather move to the country right i really there is something to be said about at this point in my life of just needing the slowdown and not having the stress the stressors of that traffic like you talk about road rage you know my tv show i want to start like you could film an entire season of road rage in a 15 minute drive in Reno. Oh my God. I don't get road rage. I, the the whole thing about the road rage show is that you don't, you have your windows up and you just no one knows. That Nobody knows, raging, you know, yeah. you don't get mad. It's ignorant to get mad and to start that. But man, it's, it's very discouraging to know like, Oh, well, look at the revenue. Look at the job. There's it's, it's crazy. Like, where are these people going? How are they going to get into Reno? How are they going to get back out here? It, there's, not good, there's not one thing that these people can do that could improve this infrastructure without shutting it all down and building a byway. But then could you imagine what would happen if you had to shut down part of this traffic this way and close off one lane to go to single lane and all that? That's what it, I, I, I was be, trying to wrap my mind around earlier. How do you even do it now? You, you brought, if, you, if you tried to get this down to single lane, you, it, they would have, they're going to have to do everything in the middle of the night and they're going to have to get it done in one summer. And, you know, th that ain't going to happen. No, they would have to do everything at nighttime. And it's just, man, I'm telling you, it's... Anyway, let's talk about this meal that we just had, that we just had the, the, the part of Chelly family. Um, great food, but the first thing I want to talk about is the tripe, the tripe. <laughs> the sauce was an unbelievable red sauce, all from scratch. Um, you're not a fan of the tripe. No. The texture? Texture. But I will tell you that I I mean, I should have known or whatever. I took a whole I took a whole big bite instead of cutting it. Instead of cutting it. And I'm the same way with like calamari, like a cal I like a calamari steak, but I don't want like a a huge piece. I don't want a huge piece of it. I want a small piece and you know, because it is chewy. It, it it's not chew it is it's it's like it's a strange texture. Uh, the sauce was phenomenal, but I couldn't get over the texture of it. And I kind of am the same, you know, like oyster. I don't love oysters. I don't love mussels, it's a, which is a texture thing. You know, they. That's crazy to me that you don't like oysters on the hot half shell or that. Right. I do. You know, I, I like smoked oysters. So it's not the flavor of the oyster that bothers me. The texture of that raw oyster on the half shell, dude, I can't do. And I don't like the mussels at sushi either, you know, that everybody gets. And I know those are cooked, but they just have a strange texture to me too. The green lips? Yeah. 
They're pretty good. I don't like the sauce people put on. Yeah, they put like that mayonnaise sriracha, sriracha mix or something. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I don't like that either. I don't need all that. Uh, yeah, I don't either. But the the sauce that he made for that was really good. I was dipping my bread in it and just not eating the uh, tripe. Oh, man, that tripe was so good. But I was cutting it. Like I, I should have told you, I've learned that before, that you can't have, I learned that in menudo, Spanish soup a long time ago. You can't have big chunks of it. Yeah. Because it really, it doesn't have much flavor to it if it has really any flavor to it. Or maybe just that sauce was, was the, the sauce show there. would be the flavoring. Right. You know? Yeah, so it's not like, like I said, it's not like, Oh, this is so gross. Like it has a flavor to it. It's just a, a texture thing for me. The Noki, did you like the Noki with the, the Gorgonzola the sauce? Lights out. The Gorgonzola, a few of us got to try that when it was not cooked. And man, it was legit. That cheese? Oh my God. That's just a really, really rich sauce. Like a Very little rich. goes a long way yeah. when you're t- cooking with Gorgonzola. Yeah. Heavy cream sauce. Like I'm not a huge cream sauce fan. But the yeah. way Ray Ray did that, it was so freaking good. And then. Once I finally got the, t- you know, I'm being transparent. I'm, my thermometer was off on my specs. When I thought I had them right, they were still undercooked. So we had to finish those off. And then the second round was perfect. But man, was that spec with that uh, fruit sauce that Ray Ray made up on it? So good. Wasn't that spec unbelievable? The, yeah. The, the, then the, the sauce just complimented it perfectly. God, I, mean, I thought it was so good with that provider foul rub on there. Yeah. You kill those specs in the morning and you, pluck them and you get that skin all perfect on there and then you slice the breast and the leg meat and everything every bit of the meat that you can get off of a duck or goose right people are always on you like oh you got to use more of the bird well what part of the bird do you want to use yes you can render the fat for sure for future recipes but there's not a lot of meat on a duck wing or a goose wing there's some meat on the legs if you do them right if you slow cook them the right way and like a gumbo and you let them slow cook for a long time but grilling speck legs is not the ticket you got to slow cook them because of how, how tough they can be. Right. They're on their legs as much as they are in the air, mm-hmm. walking around, eating all the freaking time. So and then you got the breast meat, meat you got the breast meat and you got the tenderloin underneath that very little meat on the back, but that presentation of cooking those whole specs and then flat, you know, doing that reverse sear in the cast iron. That's just cool stuff, right? Really good. I, yeah, I, I like the, uh, th- that is one thing, you know, I guess that, you could you could you could hear somebody's argument about not keeping the skin because it was good seared you know with the skin on them and like you said you render down some of that fa- but every recipe doesn't call for that it doesn't have to be eaten like that every single time either you know what i mean so yeah i mean i i hear or i see the shade that gets thrown on how well, people okay, clean like, stuff okay okay so like you're a guy that watches what we do with our Game meat. So I can come down on you. Um, you kill a deer and I'm like, well, you didn't take the tongue. Right. You didn't, you didn't take the rib meat. You didn't take the rib meat and the testicles. Why aren't you doing Rocky Mountain oysters exactly. without the testicles? The people that are buying their steaks at the store, are they going, hey, man, you know, I bought this steak at Costco, but I didn't see the nuts sitting next to it or the sweetbreads. Right. You guys better start letting me get that tongue. And like, no. they don't, they don't sit there and question their butchers. Like, are you using all of this, this steer? Right. Are you using all of this fish? Where's the, where's these, uh, where's the jaw meat on these yellow? Where's these cheeks off this yellowtail? Where's the liver? Where's the heart? Where's yeah. the, where's the, the, uh, intestines? You're not making your own sausage with the intestines out of the deer you killed. So we question everybody <laughs> because we're all critics on this social media deal, but the other night when we cooked those specs, fully plucked, full body specs, the main portion of the butcher that got off of it by a professional chef was the leg, the thigh, and the breast. And there's very little meat on the leg and thigh. It, there's nothing else to get. I mean, like you said, what do you, you want to boil it down and have spec soup broth? No. You can. You, you can could. boil it down sure. and, and do a broth for sure. I've done it. That's you, great. But you, I'm not going to do it with every bird yeah. I kill. Are you starving to death? <laughs> you know, like you I mean, when you kill a bunch of geese, I mean, how many did we cook that night? 10, 11? Uh, we did, we did um, 12 full body specs and, full, and two birds that were not really spatchcocked, but they were just the, the, the leg and the yeah. breast. They weren't and, the full body, but they had skin on. And how many people were at the dinner? 20-something? 20, and it was gone. Right. I mean, and there wasn't, you know, we didn't waste anything. You didn't, like you said, what, what else could you get out of it? 
And really, I don't know a better way. I get, like you said, I guess you could boil the bones down. I guess we could have done that or something. But the, the reality is, is that you know, you're not, you're not, you don't need to do that on. You, you don't boil the bones after you eat baby back ribs or <laughs> beef ribs or you There's, know. There, there, there is when if you do get a good spec and you can get the fat. And you can, um, excuse me, I'm getting my dog. Come here, lay down. If you get the fat and you render it down, there's nothing better than duck fat for future. Like if you want to even cook future your bacon, stuff. and even though bacon supplies its own grease and fat, but tortillas, sure. French fries, if you go that far of eating that kind of food, if you're eating that lifestyle, which most humans do, which you should, um, Bubba's on this kick right now. He's, he's in my house today and we made uh, speckle belly tacos today. Okay, the speckle belly was going to be used for meatballs, but I'm like, let's just make some tacos today. So I eat a plate of the speck meat with a little bit of cilantro and that's it. And it, it had the Sonora, the provider Sonora rub on it. Unbelievable. But then Jen makes these tortillas mm. and I'm like, I'm, I'm getting ready to go on a huge kick of getting in unbelievable shape over the next four months. Okay. But I was like, I'm just going to do it because my mindset was like, I'm leaving this week to go to Missouri for snogies. Then I'm going to NWTF and then I'm going back to Snow Geese and then I'm going back to Nashville. And then it's just like nonstop. I was, I was talking to Bubba about you, you want to get in the right mindset, like, right, like to discipline yourself. And when I looked at those tacos today, I'm like, I should start right now. I'm mentally tough enough to do it right now. But then I started thinking like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to cut out the intake of so much goodness, right? Like there's not going to be a taste of somebody's um cheesecake like i had the other night in kansas i'm not a cheesecake fan but the, the chef is a five-star chef at this lodge and randy's like you got to try this cheesecake and so i was tempted and i did it i wanted to partake in life so i looked at these tacos and i'm like well i'm gonna start now i'm just gonna go low starch no sugar and hold on a second excuse me getting too excited for him down he heard you talk about where he's going and for the next two weeks so um i'm like if i start now am i going to really be able to stick to a routine through the next three weeks right right i'm telling bubba this i'm like i go here and i'm going to be with these friends he's like well you just go no starch no sugar i'm like so i can't have a jack daniels at night to celebrate the hunt with my friends He's like, yeah, that's true. And I'm like, Jack Daniels has sugar in it. Then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to start in March. Well, then I just get told that I'm leaving to three different places in March now from, for sponsors. Okay. One of them's for Jargon in Arkansas. One of them's for Yukonuba in Nashville. And the other one's with our trip to, to Arizona. So can I really start in March with, those, with you knowing that we're going to spring training? I know that I'm going to yeah. go to Nashville with Yukonuba. And you know there's going to be part of a a get together and a dinner and a party. And like, am I not going to partake? So I'm sitting there telling Bubba, like if like you are into this, like you get into this zone and you have a, you have a, a chance to, for some money to be up for grabs. Right. And he's got a chance to win some big money. He won it last year. He's worried about one guy this year, but I told him the difference is I've been on the road with you, Bubba. I've been to all these different camps with you. And I said, do you think you could do those camps that you've been with me with, whether it was Nashville Turkey Camp or Nebraska Duck and Goose Camp or Texas and Cal, all the places you've been with me? Do you think you could stick to all this? He's like, no way, not a chance. And that's what, you know, it, it's, it's funny because I, I, I relate this to a, a lot of different things in, in life. And one, one thing is sobriety. And sobriety not not even even if you don't talk about it for health reasons if you talk about true sobriety like you you got someone that that has a problem and they get sober a lot of them curl up into a ball and they don't leave their house anymore and they can't partake in life anymore because the temptation of alcohol is too great well that's not living right so you talk about or you're thinking about well yeah, I want to get in the best shape of my life or Bubba, you know, wants to win this contest. So if you just simply hide out from everything and you no longer leave your house and all you do is go to the gym and you, you eat your, you know, 
tiny meals and no sugar and no starch, no alcohol and no, no nothing, but you're stuck in your home for the next 90 days to do it. That sucks, dude. And that's not life. And that, you know, like you said, you hit the nail on the head, Bubba, could you, could you do what I do and perform the way that you're going to perform for the next 90 days? No. And I think it's exponentially harder for you. And and I mean, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to miss out on a, on a chance to broaden your network or a chance to, you know, get a new sponsor or, you know, build a relationship with a, with a old sponsor or whatever in order to have six pack abs or be the most fit guy in the room. It doesn't fit your lifestyle. It's not going to fit your lifestyle. But, but what if I want it to? What, what, it, here, what the, 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 let's hear me out on this and it's going to take me 10 seconds. That causes, now look, I, I get stressed a little bit about business, but I work hard as hard as I possibly can nonstop. You know how I am to try to, you know, do good in business the best I can. Um, but my biggest stress is exactly what you just described. That's what causes my sadness, my darkness. And people are going to be like, you're such a pansy. I talked to my therapist about this. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is that fight, that internal fight of what you just described. Like I, I literally can make an excuse to have a drink everywhere I go. But am I a real man? If I can't say, you know what? I'm leaving it for 30 days for uh, this is becomes a lot of our topics of conversation. Mm. It's not that I'm worried. I'm, I don't like you saw me drinking in California. I make two drinks a night, maybe two and a half. And I just sit there and I sip on them while I cook. It's not like we're sitting at a bar, just hammering back shots until we're puking and, and, and can't, and, and can't get up and work the next day. We had two drinks the night before we were up at three 35 in the morning. Where did we go the night before? We went to dinner with uh, Basque Norte. We went to Basque Norte for a birthday party. Had a pecan punch and a glass of wine. Yeah. We got up at three o'clock the next morning. Right. And set up 900 decoys. Had an unbelievable hunt. Did it stop there? No. Took me an hour to set up that picture. Took an hour to break down. Then what did we do after that? We went back. We got all the geese all tagged and everything. Took You guys took those to the Casey Bar. I did an hour and 15 minute podcast with Rocky. Then by the time the podcast got over, the party chellies were there. It was time to start cooking. So boom, I go and I take a shower, I get the microphone on and now we're filming all day. It's a lot of work, but it's not like we're sitting here just pounding drinks all the time. I don't want to sound like we have a problem or that right. there's a worry here. I'm talking about mental focus and being physically in shape. And, and you can't have both. Honestly, I, I, I don't believe. I mean, you can, you, you certainly can. But when you get to a point where, you know, if you're, if you're Bubba and you want to be shredded, you're not going to have a drink. You're not even going to have one because it's not worth it. You know, if you're to the point where Bubba makes his own salad dressing and doesn't put sugar in him and da 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 why would you why would you waste that, you know, effort on having a cocktail? Like you said, I'm not talking about getting blackout drunk. I'm talking about just like you said, two drinks at dinner with all your friends over a 4-hour meal, you know, while you're bullshitting. Sure, could you have had a diet coke or a water and maybe had the same I, I I, yeah, sure you could, but do you feel more same. at ease when you're drinking? Like you, like we've had this conversation. I'm, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Like it, you get a buzz off of one beer. No. Okay. So why that one beer? I know it. It. I. I couldn't tell you. I mean, I went to dinner last night and Jilly had a glass of wine. I didn't have one. But I could very easily relate it to me when I go to cook. When I put my chef hat on. Okay, and I'm average at best. Okay, I don't want people to think that I'm trying to sound like I'm a culinary expert and got a Michelin star. But when I go into that mindset of cooking, I have to have a cocktail. Sure. Not like slamming it, but I like to be able to grab it and sip on it. Like brings out my creative juices. It makes me a better cook. It makes me a better conversationalist. It makes me more creative. Yeah. I don't sit there and plug nine drinks during a recipe. Same with when you go to a Basque restaurant, you got to have a pecan. You got to have a pecan. It, it, it loosens the conversation and stuff. Yeah. You don't, you don't get drunk. It just, Everything's a little bit easier when you have a drink in your hand. It seems like there is. There is, for sure. Uh, could you do without? Could you do it without? Yeah, sure, probably. I just don't think it'd be as fun. It's not. It's nowhere near as fun. And I mean, and the other thing is, is like, what do you? You you want to look? You want to look awesome with your shirt off, or you feel like your health is at risk if you're. Because my, I mean, my my blood pressure, cholesterol, 
um, all of that stuff is perfect. I do like, I do like the stress relief of exercise. Now I'm getting ready to leave now and go work out. And if I didn't have that workout, that darkness I just talked about is compounded. When I'm on the road, if I'm standing there and I'm like, oh my God, dude, I feel like my hamstrings are getting tight. I'll go into a, a, a stretch. I'll go into some yoga poses. I'll go into some squats. I'll do something to get blood flowing. I'll do some calisthenics. I'll do something because my mindset is better when I'm doing something exercise wise. The, I'll tell you that the hardest thing that, and I even felt it, you know, just this last week is when you travel for four days, it is a lot harder to eat good, to drink enough water, you know, to do. Four days. I just got right before that trip. I just got back from 27. That's what I'm saying is even just for me, four days, you know, you basically, when you're driving, right, you're, you're basically, your options are fast food or a gas station. And when you go into a gas station, there isn't a whole lot to eat in there that's good for you. And you don't want to drink as Thank much God water as Jack you should because you don't want to pull over every freaking five minutes to go to the bathroom. No, you get dehydrated in a heartbeat. Right. It's So you've got, you're, you're in an uphill battle, you know. Now, if you, if you, could you, could you take a half hour, an hour out of the day of everywhere you go? And like, you, I know you said. You know, you'll do some, but could you go get an hour and, you know, work out like you're about to do after this every day on the road? No. Uh, but could you do it three times a week? Maybe. You know, if you stayed in a hotel and instead of, you know, going to bed after you get out of the truck, you went to the gym and worked out for an hour. It's it's very unrealistic. You're tired. You're, you know, been sitting in a truck all day. You got dinner to worry about. You got plan, you know, plans to worry about. You got all the stuff going on, you're going to go sacrifice an hour to hit the gym. It's not, it's not all that realistic. You look at guys like Joe Rogan and stuff. They do it. You know, he, he, he probably travels a lot and still finds a way to hit the gym. I don't think think he does. No, I think that, I think that when he has a comedy tour, he's probably on the road two to three days a week. He went to Italy and I heard him talking about how much he ate in Italy and how much he gained 12 pounds or something. He comes back and he's pretty stable in Austin. I think really, I think that, you know, the UFC, what does he do? One a month at the most now. He doesn't do as many they UFCs anymore. Down quite a bit, or he has slowed down quite a They've bit. They've slowed yeah. down quite a bit. He, I don't think he travels out of the country anymore for any UFC. It's got to be domestic. I think he made a rule with Dane on that. Um, but Joe Rogan is, I mean, he's disciplined as hell. Yeah. I mean, he's 55 or whatever years old. And he's in stellar shape. He trains like a maniac. He's training every day. Like, he's got the same mindset. Like, he can't live life without exercise in training, whether it's jiu-jitsu or kicks or or boxing or weight training, or I don't know what he does for cardio, but I'm sure all that mixed in is plenty of cardio for him. Yeah. But I think he really eats a lot of elk and a lot of really organic, clean food. I think clean food is the ticket. When you're traveling, if you can discipline yourself to just have some turkey breast or some, you know, some clean food, even if it's got some sugars in it, if it's grapes or stuff. But again, you go in there and you're like, dude, I could easily get that banana at Casey's this morning, but I'm going to get this bear claw. I'm going to get this breakfast pizza. Bag bag of chips, you know, very good. Yeah, it's hard, dude. It's hard. Um, I don't know. It's, I guess, the infrastructure of Reno is a big topic that I'm not happy about. But again, who am I to say? But I can control what I eat and what I drink. And... I don't know if I would have changed one thing about that trip to California. I don't like to talk a lot about hunting on this podcast because, you know, we have the foul life and our audience over there is geared towards all hunting. But man, I don't know if I would have changed one thing about it. It was even the goose hunt that went, you know, that was just okay. We knew what we were getting ready for. And that, that goose hunt that we experienced is something that you could hang your hat on a goose hunt like that. I mean, you've never seen anything like that, right? No. God, no. Did it blow your mind? Insane. I, I still am thinking about it. You know that just even being in a place like that, seeing the wildlife is insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? To 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 look on the side of the road and see, you know, 50,000 snogies hitting a field. But even like driving through those rice checks and it's like. Those pintails everywhere. Oh, my God. Everywhere. And letting, you know, trying to figure out like we were chatting when we were going to that KC bar to get the birds processed, you know. What makes one check better than a, than this check? Or why are they over here? You know, how come those, you know, what made those hunter ducks get up? Was it somebody bother them or those migrators, yeah. you know, watching them dip down, watching those snow geese go from, you know, one, one section. And then 
at one point they flew over and it was like the wind was bothering them on the ground. So they all got up, you know, 40,000 of them. And they just move a hundred yards down, but it's behind a little bit of a windbreak. But to see all of them shimmer in the air and then rip, you know, you don't have to fire a shot to enjoy that. Dude. That, and you know, to do it here, you got to go 90 miles from home, which is fine. You got to travel to see it, but you're not going to drive around anywhere here and walk across Pintail. Like that no. part of the country is very special. Yeah. Very special. You I'm see glad swans. We... I mean, like how many swans did we see that morning? Hundreds. Hundreds of them. And, you and know, they're, they're flying. protected there. They're protected. Yeah. There. All those cranes flying over, calling. Like you said, we got those little cacklers in the, in the, Spread that? That doesn't happen here. I'm going to do such a badass mount out of those birds. You want me to store it at my house for you? The mount? <laughs> yeah. You got like, don't you have a bunch of my mounts at your house? Just one. No, you told, you have more. I have one. All right. It is breaking nice it down. Enough. I hope City Arena hears this and just brings us to a meeting, a city council meeting. Put us on a All right, tell us how you really dude. feel. Yeah, put us on the bitching committee. <laughs> we'll be on there. But put us on the planning committee. Let us help out. Pretty sharp, you know? We pay our taxes. Yeah. We don't pay our taxes to put up with this shit. I know. We're losing our rights, boy. This is Brent Cobb. Brent Cobb, morning's going to come. Thank you, Jack Daniels. Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never, ever allow underage drinking. The one and only. I'm telling you that new bond of the new triple mash. I had Josh and Lexi Phillips on earlier today. That episode will be available soon. Lexi is the assistant master distiller. Josh works in the single house barreling program for um, single barrel in... Uh, he works in the single barrel house, I should say, in Lynchburg, Tennessee. We were talking about their two new rye whiskeys that your, your boy Clint is a huge fan of. We're fired up. Thank you, Jack Daniels. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to everybody that we get associated with. And I'm still thinking about how thankful we are to Rock Merlot and everybody in California for what we got to experience. Thank you guys so much. Truly proud of this podcast. Thank you, Alex Crosby, for sitting in again on Breaking It Down. Brent Cobb, take us away. The morning's going to come.